Welcome to the Contra Stoic Podcast. In this series, guests will share their stories to help each of us broaden our perspective. Learning who they were, where they are, and what sparked their change can help us connect, see others for who they are, learn new ideas and ways to grow as we go through this journey we call life. Follow Conscious Stoic on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more info, go to ConsciousStoic.com. Enjoy this episode. And today we have Mr. Mikey Candela. He is a yoga enthusiast, a yoga teacher, right? Yoga teacher. What's your What's your certification? Uh, Two hundred hours and accredited Vinyasa flow. Vinyasa flow yoga teacher, man. Mikey's a good dude. Um, super positive, always looking to grow. Um, I'm excited to have him here today so that he can tell you his story and hopefully through him telling you his story that you can connect with him and you can find things that maybe you can identify with and maybe implement some of the things that he's used to grow. Um, He is going to be on our podcast. Um, Check us out at the podcast page at ConsciousStoic.com. At the end, we'll give you a couple of ways to to connect to Mikey. If you have any questions for him or you want to shoot him a DM, We'll give you his information. So welcome, Mikey. How you feeling? Uh, happy to be here. Thank Are you so much. I'm good. You really happy? Yeah. That's what's up, man. Beaming with happiness right now. That's what's up, dude. Um, so we're gonna start off with the with the question of all questions. In uh, in about five minutes, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Who is Mikey, man? Someone you don't want to know. No, I'm just <laughs> this guy you don't ever want to meet. <laughs> um, five minutes or less of who's Mikey. Uh, in a nutshell, I would say, um, once I'm very confused, lost person, um, born and raised here in Phoenix, Arizona, that's adopted, ended up becoming... What age were you adopted at? I was only a couple of weeks old. So you never met your real parents? My biological parents, and I never met them. Never met them? Ooh, I said real. Yeah. Your real parents are the one that adopted you. Yeah. You've never met your biological parents ever? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, they, uh, I was born February 11th, and I was adopted March 2nd. Okay. Brought home by my parents, coincidentally, on their wedding anniversary. Wow. So I got to steal the show. That's how good I am. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, native here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um... Adventure seeking. I've always been one to seek out adventures if that's uh, mentally, spiritually, physically, um, as far as mountain biking, rock climbing, things like that. Um, Then I got lost from all that and I got super confused and went down to some uh, dark, unique experiences and then somehow found some willingness to pull myself out and then I wanted to share positivity and how did you get lost? What caused you to get lost? I think like a social stigma almost. I was the youngest out of all my friends. Um, and they were doing things that, you know, like when I was in middle school or elementary school even, they were doing high school things and stuff like that. So I thought I had to compete with them in those areas. And then those negative areas in my life stuck and grew to proportions that were out of my control. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like social pressure that caused you to change. Yeah, yeah, and 
being like the youngest out of them all, like I was always picked on and stuff like that. And I felt that I had to compete and prove myself. And there was one way in particular that I was almost superior and able to exceed them um, mixed with the charismatic attitude that I had uh, that continued to enable me to, uh, like I said, just surpass them in that area. And I thought that that's how I was holding my position in that social group. In what area? Uh, drinking and drugs. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and that definitely put me and them in some sketchy situations and stuff like that. And How old were you when you were really... So you used to be this dude that was in all of this stuff, and where you are now, of course, you've kind of come back to that. But I'm guessing as a kid, you did all this stuff. Yeah. Mountain biking, rock climbing, whatever. Yeah. And then at what age would you say that that stuff started to fall off? Probably my freshman year, high school. That's when things really started taking a turn for the worst. Um, and then all throughout high school, it just perpetuated into things that I no longer had control. It was no longer a, a fun thing anymore. It became more of a necessary habit. Gotcha. Yeah. Why do you think you gave up the things that you loved? Um, just things became overwhelming that I, I, I felt that I needed to numb and feel things to experience life. Uh, I never took the, the opportunity when I was in that phase to like step back and feel things mm. organically. I thought that I always had to push it to another level. I always had to feel something plus whatever I was experiencing. Mm. So if that was from any substances or drinking, you know, like they always say alcohol is a super social lubricant. I would have to use you know, a variety of different substances to... I'm going to go do something crazy, so I should probably pair this with something else crazy, and then it'll be like... You ever you ever watch TV? You ever watch TV on weed? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ever looked at a dollar bill? <laughs> <laughs> There's a sniper. Yeah. No, that's exactly it right there. All um, right. Just on bigger, bigger levels, I guess I'll say. Bigger. Experiences have to be even bigger. Mm-hmm. You just can't be okay with the way they were. You couldn't be okay with the way that they were. Yeah. And we tend to have like that underarching theme of social pressure, right? Mm -hmm. Wanting to fit in. Mm -hmm. This almost this wanting to fit in, which is like weird because then you, I feel like most people go through this phase of I want to fit in and then they fit in and they realize that they don't get very much happiness or fulfillment from just fitting in. Sure. And then they kind of switch back to like their internal code of like almost not fitting in anymore. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you get comfortable just being yourself. Sure. So you're not as worried about fitting in or being in some group. Yeah. Cool. So you go through high school using drugs and alcohol after you had this period of like being this dude. And then what happened? What, what, what what was the rest of that period like before you came to yourself? Um, so I, I decided, I guess, uh, I guess I decided to find a path that allowed and encouraged that behavior, but I scaled a lot of it back mm-hmm. um, to things that were more, I guess I'll say, 
quote unquote socially acceptable. Like what? Uh, so I started working in restaurants, so uh, it was kind of acceptable to drink excessively and use cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that switched out a lot of the things for me because all my friends slash coworkers were doing it. So it wasn't like I now had using friends. Um, and in that industry, I definitely excelled um, as far as bartending and running in restaurants and being involved in the food and beverage industry as a whole. And then um, everything just kind of came crashing down years, years later. Um, and I just realized that nothing that I was doing was working anymore. Mm. Nothing. I was, I was bankrupt in every single way. Like my health was declining, my emotional uh, well-being gauge uh, was just completely shattered. Um, spiritually, I was lost and completely confused. And I believe that that was those things that I felt at the end of. Um, my drinking and drug career were the essential parts for me to realize that those were broken that I had to fix. And slowly but surely, um, it, it kind of stemmed me to where I'm at right now. Okay. I don't know if I'm doing good. I'm sitting with me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows that, man. Uh-oh. We're in a podcast studio, dude. Uh-oh. Um, so you go through a you go through life adopted. Did that ever play a part in how you felt about yourself? Yeah, it definitely stemmed a lot of abandonment issues, a lot of question of who am I and this and that. And when I was about fifteen years old, I went through a really uh, hard time with that. Um, probably did not help that I was uh, loaded that entire time, um, and it caused a big ruckus between me and my family and stuff like that and I felt pretty much just abandoned like I felt like I was a victim um, of things and in reality I was uh, if I apply my mindset and my thinking today like life is a gift and I was gifted an amazing life by uh, amazing parents that provided and you know we never needed or wanted anything I mean, I wanted, well, obviously, as a child, I wanted a lot of things, but, like, I had everything that I needed, and I had a, prospectively saying, like, a, an amazing childhood. Um, and I think still today, you know, abandonment still comes up a little bit. <clears throat> and I think it's just the uh, idea that I'm attached to, I get attached to things. I'm always seeking uh, outside validation. Mm. and I need to validate from the internal now and that that's kind of like my uh, focus is today is how do I validate myself internally opposed to developing these relationships or these friendships or these attachments to things that make me feel good gotcha yeah okay so now sitting here today you started off as this kid that was adopted by amazing people but at the time you couldn't see it Mm-hmm. Right, you had your own individual code of, of living life. You didn't allow as many external pressures to change who you were. Then you wanted to fit in, so thus you changed to be the person that those people would accept. 
irregardless or, or regardless of how you felt, right? Mm -hmm. Then you found out that that didn't work. And then you kind of came back home. And what was that process of coming back home to, to yourself? What did that look like, man? Painful. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked. It sucked so hard. Um, no, I would definitely... Tedious and painful would be probably a couple of the words that I would use. It was um, abandoning the ideas that I had that had not been working, that I had been living with for so many years of my life. Like what? Um, being moldable to social stand, uh, to social groups, mm. kind of like a chameleon. Trying to make yourself fit in or whatever. Yeah, I can. I, I believe that it's a gift that I can communicate with people effectively. Um, where I think I use it for uh, with bad intentions is when I start becoming the chameleon. Mm. I start being malleable to any uh, social group or anything like that um, instead of being authentic, true to myself. Um, yeah. What was the question? <laughs> well, the, question the, 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 the simple question is, is like, in that process of reckoning with yourself, right? And I've just said the simple question, I'm about to do a, a one minute explanation of it. It's just, it's really just like, for a lot of people, I feel like, and this is kind of the common theme of this program, right? Is, is we come in and we tell our story. We come in and say who we were, right? Like, this is what happened to me. I got lost in this, in this society. I got lost around people. I got lost believing that what I believe you think of me is what matters. Because I really don't know what you think of me. I have no idea what you think of me. Mm -hmm. Like, to use you as an example, what do you think of me? I have no idea. Mm -hmm. But I have an idea of what I think you think of me. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So I'm trying to live my life to control what I think you think of me. So sure. that you can accept me. Because if you can accept me, then I can be okay. That's almost how the chameleon starts. Right. That's almost how, if I put on this front of what I think you want me to be and what I think that you're uh, attracted to me in whatever way, you know, his personality is, um, whatever that may be, that's who I want, that's who I was always trying to emulate to you. Um, and in doing that, <clears throat> I had to abandon that and realizing that I was just hopeless. Mm. That I, I, I had to lose everything to gain everything mm. that I have right now. And I think that rock bottom um, has made more successful people than any hilltop or mountaintop. And I'm not talking like rock bottom as a tangible, like in and out of jail or <clears throat> homeless or anything like that. I'm also talking about like an emotional and spiritual level. Bankrupt. Yeah. Like you said before. Yeah. I think we fall into that tendency of thinking that if I can just get myself to fit into a group of people by acting a certain way, then I'll gain acceptance. But the problem with that thought prospect or that thought process is like, if I have this perspective of I need you to like me based off what I think you think of me, mm -hmm. and I'm not being who I truly am, then the friendships and acceptance that I gain is not real either. Yeah. You're, you like a dude that isn't even me. You accept me for someone that I'm pretending to be. Thus, the relationship that I have with you is all based off 
who I'm pretending to be so I can never really be myself because the minute I become myself, you will no longer like me. It's almost like a business transaction. It is. I do this, you give me that. Exactly. And it's bullshit. Yeah. Because life's not a business transaction. Yeah. If you weren't, what transaction did I give to get born? Yeah. That, that's pretty much the... Started a net negative, if that's the thought process. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I got life for nothing. Yeah. Now I'm at a, I'm at this, I've, I've, they just gave me $20 billion when I was born and I'm doing everything I can to try to pay it back my entire life. Yeah. Rather than just looking at it as a gift. Sure. The fact that I get to live on a daily basis, you know? Sure. That's, yeah. That's why I think it's so important to, um, and still to this day, like I struggle with like ego and like, yeah, you do. I do this and that. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do this and that, but like helping other people in any way, shape or form has been, uh, really good for that. Um, realizing in the sense of like I'm giving 20 billion dollars at birth you know how am I going to pay that back but like using it for using that as a tool to give something back is good um, I think that's where the change comes in and then what's also been ego shattering since we're on the topic is yoga mm. yeah tell us about give us a little bit of the yoga journey it's hard what caused you to do this? first off what caused you to want to do yoga what experiences did you gain through yoga and how has it changed who you are now I was first, I've done yoga like throughout my life, just here and there. It, it was like, you know, off of YouTube or a VHS tape back in the day. Throwback. Yeah. You just date yourself, bro. Boom. Half the listeners were probably like, what's a VHS? <laughs> um, it's a really big cassette tape. Um, that did not help. Because <laughs> cassette tape's the same fucking, it's the same year. So they have no idea what a cassette tape is either. Um, it's this really old thing that you used to have to put in this really big box that you used to have to play and it and then you'd have to stop it and rewind it and like guess. But you get really good at it. Play, rewind, stop, play. What we used to do in my household growing up is we would record shows off of TV. Oh yeah. But we would turn the recorder off during the commercials. So you could just skip through it. <laughs> and then like you know, you'd have like three movies compiled on this one VHS oh, tape. Yeah. But it's like all spotchy because of the commercials. Yeah. <laughs> so you can watch it later. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I practice yoga and stuff like that. And physical exercise has always been something that's I've practiced my whole life. Um, even in early drug and alcohol use. Um, but then the deeper I got in that, that all fell off. Um, I was just, I was introduced to yoga again while I was actually in treatment. Um, the first time in August 2017 and then I never really did yoga again and then I got back into it uh, when I went back in April of 2018 and I found a nonprofit that does um, addiction recovery yoga uh, throughout the valley here in Phoenix at two classes at the time and that was something that I continued to practice um, because I think it was really challenging I did not know how to stop my mind and I wanted to feel something, but I knew what would happen if I drank or used. Yeah. So in doing the yoga, it taught me, I mean, it has like a million different, maybe not a million, but it has a whole bunch of different health benefits to it, like physically, 
but emotionally and spiritually and mentally, um, those are the other components that I'm really attracted to about yoga. Um, for instance, just like slowing down my mind. Uh, I actually teach now at treatment centers, and it's funny, I always make a joke right before like Shavasana and meditation. It's like, I'm trying to slow your mind, Dio. Right? Yeah. I make that joke to him. But like essentially, that's exactly what it is. Um, it's, it's, you know, my, my brain constantly is racing. My synapses are constantly firing. All this random, delusional, realistic things that get intertwined with each other. But like when I practice yoga, it allows me to be, not have a foot in the future and a foot in the past. You know, if I, I mess up this pose, five poses later, I'm not sitting there thinking about and like beating myself up about that pose that I didn't get, you know? And the cool thing about yoga is we have a right side and a left side. So if I mess up one side, then I have another shot to try it at the other side. Okay. Um, and it's been uh, really good for like <clears throat> helping me with the attachment because I don't, I used to get attached to these poses and like where I want to be, you know, doing handstands on a beach being live on Instagram or something <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. But that's just not my story. That's not, um, you know, these practices, these things that I practice get me to those, but it's not achievable. You know, you can't go to like a, you can go to a handstand workshop and learn how to do handstands, but like to incorporate a handstand in the middle of your flow, in the middle of like a yoga class is exponentially more difficult. Um, so where that where I'm at now with it is <clears throat> I try to donate as much time as I can during this uh, uh, coronavirus that's going on right now because all the studios are closed and I post things on my Instagram for like meditation and um, different types of sequences and like kind of basics for yoga um, for people that have never tried it. And then um, I teach people like my community and stuff like that. And then I also go to treatment centers and teach yoga as well and it's super therapeutic it's almost like I'm creating my identity around it huh. do you feel like yoga has allowed you to accept yourself for who you are absolutely because mm. there's nothing more accepting than when you're in a yoga studio and it's like 90 degrees in there and you see you know grandma or grandpa Betty Lou just crushing these poses that are like I don't even know that was possible, and I'm dying halfway through the warm-ups. <laughs> and it's allowed me to get off my pedestal and thinking that I'm not further along than I really am. Mm. It helps me get grounded into actually where I'm at in my life. Mm. Um, and I can bring whatever I want onto my mat. My mat is not judgmental. It's mm. not judgmental of my emotional nature that day or that hour or however long. It's not judgmental of my spiritual condition or my mental condition. It just wants to support me. Mm. That's it. It just wants to make me comfortable while I work through these things. And I believe that the body, <clears throat> there's a book called like The Body Keeps the Score. And essentially like, the premise of it is, is our bodies hold on to traumas, resentment, fear, um, different emotions and experiences. And yoga has allowed me to flex, I'm sorry, um, stretch out those areas where those tensions and those things are stored and create space for something new. Mm. 
since it's allowed me to leave it on my mat and then I roll it up and move on with my life. Do you think you'd still be Mikey without yoga? No. You don't think so? I mean, Mikey three years ago to Mikey today is two completely different things. Mm. One and the same though. You think finding things like you used to have, like rock climbing, and now that you do have like yoga, are parts of our ways to express who you are inside? Yeah, absolutely. Like you gravitate toward the things that you want. Yeah, absolutely. Who would you be if no one was around? Not what would you do? Who would I be? Yeah, if you didn't, because like, I feel like, and I say that, and I like to ask that question, right? And I ask myself that question. Because mm -hmm. I do a lot, you know, I do a lot of stuff. Man. I do a lot of stuff. I show up for a lot of people. I try to be present. I enjoy doing these podcasts. I enjoy having guests on. I enjoy hearing people's stories because I learn from you, right? You're talking about stuff and I'm like picking up tidbits, right? Mm -hmm. For myself, right? Like rolling like the mat's not in judgment mm -hmm. and I can leave all of my problems and worries there, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then I take it a little bit further and be like, are your problems and worries even and I ask myself the question, are all my problems and worries, like internal things about how I need to grow and be better with people for myself, not based off what you think of me, right? But for myself, like I have a code of conduct that I want to keep, mm -hmm. regardless of what anybody or anybody around me says or does. I have a code of conduct that I want to be. And a lot of it's stuff that, uh, that I learned as a kid. A lot of it's a lot of bullshit that maybe I started seeing other people do and I thought it was cool and I wanted it. A lot of it's a lot of stuff. And then first I have to clean that through. I have to sift it. It's mm -hmm. like I'm searching for gold, right? And I have to sift out all the dirt. So first I sift my own beliefs, right? I sift all the stuff that I've learned and I get the nuggets that I love. The stuff that truly, truly, truly matter to me. And then I want to carry all of those things, right, into going forward, right? Mm -hmm. But I also want in the process of, that, process of that to be looking for new nuggets that might be, there's still a little bit of sand left. And through this process, I want to keep sifting out stuff to find out like for Marcus, who Marcus truly is, and that stuff's gonna change, right? You said leave space for future, like leave yourself open for future things to come in, right? Mm -hmm. I, need to, I need to have enough stuff, right? to be something because then I'd just be void and I'd be like jelly walking around the world with the fucking nothing, nothing matters, dude. Like, mm -hmm. none of this is real, bro. I'm just out here in the fucking world. And that's cool. Yeah. But for us normal motherfuckers who gotta go to work tomorrow, like, <laughs> I gotta have something, right? I gotta have something I'm attached to and I have to have something to, to keep myself moving through life. But I also don't wanna have too much to where I never have space to uh, gain new insights or change. Right? I still need to save space to gain new insights and change. And I always like to ask that question because I think it makes us think. And I think, and I think the true testament of this question is, is if I was to bring you on the show a year later and I asked you that question, if the answer was the same, then you probably haven't done shit. Sure. You know? Like, sure. I think we need to be willing. I think a lot of times we get stuck in this process of like, my dad's 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 been doing this forever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, cool, dude, that shit worked in 1700s, but it's 2020 now. Like, yeah. it ain't gonna stay the same, dude. Like, I love my family, but some shit they taught me just don't work. Sure. You know, my grandma's great, but it ain't 1950s Mississippi. The principles probably still work in like 
the ethic behind it still works, but the application of it doesn't. Right. Some of that stuff's true and some of it's not. Mm-hmm. And, some of, and some of it's really good, deep, insightful stuff that I can carry on into my life. And some of it is deep, insightful stuff that just doesn't work for who I am. It's like the drive to get to work. Like today we get in our car, then they got to load up the horses, got to get the wagon right. going, spend three hours. So now we just walk down and push a button and start our car. Right. You can't help me with this issue, right? Because this isn't something that you've even dealt with. But some of the knowledge and wisdom that you've gained through your life yeah. could potentially have application in my life. Um, but I just like to be open and I like to ask myself the question of like, not the if I'm too attached to the things that I do making me who I am, what happens when I lose those things? Mm-hmm. Think about all the people who right now are sitting at home and aren't able to be attached to the things that make them who they are. Like think about like 80% of your of the things that you're used to doing are gone. And those things make you happy. You can't go to the gym, you can't do yoga, you can't do any of this stuff. So now you're stuck with yourself. And the question is, is can I be okay without any of those things? And I ask that question just to see, like, who you would be. Because it's we change ourselves to social pressures, including good things. I can get attached to boxing and running and yoga and meditation and helping others. And those can become my identity. Mm-hmm. But it's the same practice that I did before when I allowed, you know, being a cool kid and a jock and a track athlete, you know what I mean, and a pot smoker, and a, a video game dude. It's the same shit. I'm just attaching it to positive things, and I'm doing air quotes. Positive things, when it's still, I'm still attaching myself to things. It's like the common denominator. What's the common denominator behind all these different masks? Right. It's a mask. Yeah. I'm using it. So who would you be with no social pressures? What kind of person would Mikey be? Anxious. Ooh. <laughs> but I mean, like, really? Would you want to be? How about that? Would I want to be? What kind of person would you want to be? What kind of person are you today? Does Yoda count? No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would want to... I guess essentially what I want to be is like... I'm constantly searching for... an acceptance of things in my life that I have no control over. Mm. And the ironic part about that is I'm constantly trying to control that. Mm. Um, when I said anxious, like I, I noticed that a lot of the times I, when I'm sitting at home, social distancing, or if I'm whatever, trying to like not go just be impulsive, that's when like my different sides of me come out. That's when it's like, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. Like, why am I being lazy? I never give myself time to (sighs) truly just breathe. Like, I meditate a lot in the morning during yoga and right before I go to bed. Um, I pray a lot and stuff like that. But, like, in the lull times of the day, like, I'd even distract myself with a nap. But I wish I could just maintain presence and comfort inside my skin Mm. that's what I'd want to try to that's what I'm that's what I'm striving for that's the next iteration of Mikey yeah it's a good it's a good oh man it's tough 
I think that it's ever evolving though. Always. There's never going to be an end all to that. Uh-huh. Um, so I wouldn't say like that's the goal. That's that's the intention because it's always going to be evolving. If that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. The intention. That's the intention that you will always have. Because if I get attached to being okay, what happens when you're not okay? Yeah. We're just talking about that. <laughs> it's the same shit. Yeah. It's a. I love the process of these. I love these conversations mm-hmm. because the whole point of that of the of this conversation is just for people to find that connection, man. They connect connect to your story, connect to our stories, connect to these conversations. And I think people tend to think that people aren't as introspective as they are. They don't really think about this stuff, and I think people do. I think some people have found it. I think some people are like family and a car and a house and a job and some money, and that's it. And then it's the kind of the same process as what happens when you lose it, and then all of it falls apart, and now you're on that soul-searching journey. That's a happiness equation that we're sold. Right. And I don't think that on TV or in like the newspaper or like a magazine or anything like that, that's, that's the equation that's sold. But that never takes into account like what did those two individuals do their whole life to make them married, to mm-hmm. make them co- compatible, and want to endeavor the good and the bad, mm-hmm. the distant, the closeness, and everything that comes with that. Like it's easy just to go be like, hey, let's go get married right now, you know. But then, like in a year, was that the best decision? And then if you have someone that you can grow with. Someone that will motivate you. Someone that will. I don't know. I need someone to always call me on my BS because my best thinking is. I mean, I think it's great, but not a lot of people around me think my best thinking is great. <laughs> you don't think it's great either because you're like, call me out on my BS. <laughs> but I think I can. But for me, I can. I can. I think for a lot of people, um, I truly believe this is I can set myself on another happiness equation. You wait. What's that? I said I think most people, and I also think for myself too. Um, or maybe not even most people, I believe some people, um, I'll consider myself on a different happiness equation. You know, I can look down at the car, the house, being married, and be like, oh, that's not really true. It's just a bunch of shit on TV. Mm-hmm. And then I'll sell myself the happiness equation that if I just do meditation all the time and run a lot and exercise 24-7, I'll be happy again. Sure. And then I'll switch that up to another happiness equation. Sure. And they're all the same things. I'm seeking the same stuff. Sure. I'm seeking something based off external situations. Instead of letting those things just be a part of who I am, I'm a dude that likes to run. I'm a dude that likes to be motivated. I'm a dude that likes to work hard. I'm a dude that likes to help people. That's just a piece of me, rather than that being the thing that's gonna make me. Because I can lose pieces of me and be okay. But if those pieces are what makes me when I lose them, then I lose me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be attached to things I do. Sure. I want to be able to switch what I do because I'll always be doing something. I'm just kind of a, I'm kind of like you. I just like doing stuff. Yeah. If that, like some people want, like some people, like I'll get attached to that happiness equation of like, I need to sit with myself in deep meditation all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I do it and I'm not happy. It's not me. It's not who I am. Have I practiced it? Have I used it? Do I use pieces of it? Yeah, but I don't need seven hours a day. Sure. To be good. You know what I mean? Give me about 30 minutes to an hour. Sure. And I'm good. Sure. And am I running away from something by being busy? Not in my, not in my experience. And the only reason I can say that is because I've experienced it. Sure. 
And for me, I need solitude, but I've figured out how much of it I need. But I've also figured out that that changes depending what's happening in my life and where I'm at. Sure. I need to be able to change, man. I need to be able to be like a plant. Sometimes I get a lot of water, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I get a lot of sun, sometimes I don't. But the problem is, is when I don't get a lot of water, I die, then, I'm a, then it's over. If I'm a plant, right? Mm-hmm. So plants have to be versatile. There's periods of when there's abundance of things, and there's periods where there's not an abundance of things. But things change, and I continue to adapt to the situation. And I allow myself to be who I am at each and every moment, rather than trying to control the moment to produce this happiness equation that I've made up in my head. Mm-hmm. So I focus really, I try my best to focus on just kind of being. Do you ever think that like balances happiness? Because when I go from one extreme to another, that's when the only time that I really see balance. So if I'm like, let's use like your, if I'm a plant and I'm overwatering and my underwatering, enough sun or not enough sun, but for that plant to just be, it would be that like perfect balance. And I think that through life, that's that's kind of the journey of life is figuring out that trial and error mm. like where's those sweet spots where is that where is that ground to step that just kind of allows things to be temporarily because as I change my footing needs to change my balance is going to change 100% yeah I think just allowing yourself to have an experience yeah and realizing that that's life yeah <laughs> That's it. I mean, we talk a bunch in these in these podcasts to say a bunch of shit, say the same thing. Connect to my experience so you can have your own experience. Because I'm not here to give you advice. I don't know what you need to do. I can give you some ideas. Hey, man, try out some of this shit and chill out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really? Hey, do this stuff and chill the fuck out. But who are you to tell me to try something I'm new? not telling you. Don't, <laughs> don't try it. You know what I mean? Sure. Come talk to me next year when you're saying the same shit. Sure. Like, I think that's the whole goal of life is, like, to allow... Like, in what other place in anything in the world does our bodies change? How much money we make changes? Our kids change? If we have spouses, they change. If we don't have kids, we have dogs, they change. People around us change. Things deteriorate. New things are built. Who am I not to believe that I need to change? Sure. When everything else changes. Could you imagine the earth being like, oh... Another day. Uh, oh, it's a war. And then the earth like gives up and stops spinning. You know? <laughs> Imagine if it was like an emotional creature. It's like the earth is like, I'm tired of this shit. It just throws its arms up. Right. The earth is like, fuck. <laughs> Goddamn coronavirus now, you fucking humans. I'm done. Y'all need to chill. Here just, you go. Right. Like, <laughs> nothing else, right? We, I think sometimes I've realized, I forget that I'm just an emotional creature mm-hmm. by nature. Like, I have emotions. But they don't mean any. They don't necessarily mean the everything. Sometimes they're valid. Sometimes they're inaccurate. They they have a purpose, right? Yeah. And I just have to accept that sometimes I don't always feel like everything's perfect, and sometimes I do. You know, life is just one big fucking experience, man. So what's that? Uh, what's that guy's name that said? I. It's not that I'm a human being on a spiritual experience. It's rather I'm a spiritual being on a human experience. Mm. That's something that resonates with me a lot. I feel it kind of intertwines with, I don't know, I think everything, but specifically this conversation. Because it's, you know, we're just here experiencing life as a human. Yeah. You know, like, who's to say the 
Glad I'm not a tree. Yeah. Ooh. But if you were an old tree, think how wise you would be. You'd be a fucking tree, so you wouldn't be very wise. <laughs> 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 tree can't say anything unless it's Game of Thrones. Um, shout out to Game of Thrones. HBO, you can send me some money for that. You give me extra viewers. <laughs> All right. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> All right. I've, I never really watched Lord of the Rings, man. That wasn't my jam. Really? I never watched Harry Potter, none of that stuff. I never really got into that fantastical stuff until I watched Game of Thrones. And there's probably some listeners like, dude, Game of Thrones sucks. I feel you. I've never seen all of Game of Thrones. I got like one or two seasons in and I was like, same for me. Bro, I got addicted. Hashtag, hashtag team no sleep, dude. I was like, no sleep for like, there was, I, I caught up at like season five. Yeah. So I watched like five seasons in like a month. Wow. No sleep. Dude. Right now, Ozark. No sleep. So are you like an all or nothing type person? Like I don't watch much TV, but when I watch TV, I watch it. Like if I watch very few shows. I've watched I've watched Game of Thrones, I've watched Westworld, I've watched Ozark, I've watched Breaking Bad, and I watched Weeds a long time ago for some reason. But other than that, I don't even touch my TV. Other than like a show that I really, really enjoy right now, I got Westworld and Ozark. So I'm watching a little bit more TV. And in fucking a month, I won't watch it anymore, probably for six more months. It's like, that's that, but that's kind of like I've accepted that flow, you know? Um, I appreciate you. You killed this episode. This is a good episode, man. I think some people heard some good tidbits. Um, real quick, what advice would you give someone that's sitting in the position that you were sitting in two years ago? And they're maybe not necessarily struggling with exactly the same thing, but they're struggling with coming home to themselves or finding who they are, what they want, or doing whatever. Whatever that internal that internal struggle is, what, what advice would you give them? So like two years ago, uh, I, I, I'll use this analogy, like I was in quicksand. That was like about up to my hips or like my stomach. And my world... It was like a circle around this pit of quicksand and everything was on fire. And the more I freaked out about fixing all those problems, the more I sank in the quicksand. Mm. And so what I realized is like, I can't fix any of that until I get myself out of this. It's kind of like the airplane thing. If the oxygen mask fall down, you don't put it on someone else than yourself. You have to put it on yourself so you can continue to breathe to help other people. So in that in that mindset of like I'm in this quicksand, everything's on fire around me, it's like <clears throat> give myself a break, give yourself a break to feel and get an idea of what you need to do. Be willing to take suggestions from people that have been there. Hmm. Listening to people that I mean, this just isn't for like addiction or anything this is just anything in life like realizing that it's going to be okay if I just listen because my best thinking got me there mm. and uh, to just breathe go do some yoga <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can they find you at uh, you can find me on Instagram at do you even yoga bro <laughs> <laughs> but there's an underscore in between each word so it's do underscore you underscore even underscore Cool. His uh, link will be attached in the at the bottom of the video. Um, any other social media platforms that you want to give them? 
Uh, no, I just do uh, Instagram. DM you if, if they have any questions. Slide in. Perfect. Slide in DMs. Um, <laughs> his episode will be available at ConsciousStoic.com. It will be available at Google Play, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, any kind of podcast um, platform that you listen. Um, and also check us out at Twitter, at Conscious Stoic, Instagram, at Conscious Stoic, and then just type in Conscious Stoic on Facebook, um, and you'll find our info there. So I hope everybody has a great day, and I really appreciate you coming on, Mike. I'm so happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. This is uh, this has been fun. Super fun. Find me back in a year. Let's see how. See what happens. See what Maybe happens. we'll do that. Maybe we'll bring all our guests back in like a year. Yeah. Just see if there's been any change in their story. <laughs> all right, guys. Have a good day.